Podcasting from the JK Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans, by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to the Cincinnati Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. I'm Scott Evans. He is Nick Lawson, and the Cincinnati Reds are in the playoff hunt on August the 17th, 2021, when we're recording this. So anything that happens tonight doesn't count for this show. <laughs> yeah, come, coming in. Hey, coming in and game and a half back. Coming in a game and a half back. Uh as we talk now, seven and a half back of the uh, Brewers and the uh, NL Central. Uh, they just won't lose. The the Brewers won't, but they're starting to play some uh, tougher teams. Yeah, the, they're they're proven. They're proven to us and they're proven to themselves that they're they're a pretty good ball club. Right, and uh, you know the St. Louis Cardinals—they're refusing to die. Uh, they've won six in a row. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, <laughs> they've lost 12 in a row, hopefully 13 by the end of tonight. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, their stoppers, trying to trying to, to get it done. Hopefully he fails. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then they eventually catch the Pirates. Right now the Pirates are 42 and 77. Yeah, they're pretty close at this point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're going to – it's going to be a uh, fun race to the end of the uh, season. I'm surprised the Reds have not announced playoff ticket opportunities yet. Uh, they typically do this time of year when the Reds are, you know, not even this close. They've done that in the past. Uh, last year excluded because no fans were allowed last year. That's changed for this year. But, uh, but yeah, Reds are playing good baseball. Uh, don't know how it's going to end. They may just miss out, but it, it's been a fun season so far. Um, uh, even, even through the bad times, uh, uh, I, I'm pretty happy looking at the wild card standings. Really? It, it's down to the Reds and Padres maybe the Cardinals. Uh, but I, I think they'll start coming back down to life. Uh, Reds have a three and a, a three, a two and a half game lead over the, uh, Cardinals, a three game lead over the Phillies and the Mets have, uh, well, they've done what the Mets always do: underachieve. That's what they that's what they set out to do. Yeah, they're 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 five they're a five hundred team right now. They've lost four in a row, three and seven. Only won three out of their last seven. And you know they got the bat one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not the best pitcher in baseball, and uh, they just can't they can't figure it out. Uh, new owner came in; he spent a ton of money. And uh, he's he's got a 500 ball club. Well, they're about to get Noah Syndergaard back here soon. Uh, he was throwing some simulated games today and looked good. Right, but I, I mean, after that, uh, the Rockies, no Cubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Miami, uh, Washington, so Pittsburgh, and Arizona. So. So yeah, the it's pretty much down to the Reds, the Padres, and maybe one of those other two, two or three teams. But uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, going to be a fun race. The Reds are going to be in it. They play a lot of those laughing teams, as I call it, the rest of the year. Uh, counting tonight, they have eighteen more games with the really really bad teams. 
It's good for us, bad for them. Absolutely. And the Brewers have three or something like that. The Brewers have have a much tougher schedule than the Reds. Reds, though, have a three-game series coming up with the Brewers. They must win two of those three or else uh, the Central will be probably out of hand. Anything can happen, but uh, but winning head-to-head just increases your chances so much more. Well, I think the wild card is a better bet because the Padres pitching is horrible at the moment because they've had, they've had injuries to their starting rotation. I mean, they signed Jake Arrieta for crying out loud. Who knows how, what that guy's going to do? Is he gonna <laughs> right? Be, is he going to be the guy of old or the guy of now? Yeah, I mean, yes. he kind of got cut by the Cubs not only for money but performance as well. Yeah, when you're six and eleven and your ERA is six and nine, that's bad. You're not going to get traded. No. Better to cut your losses. Yeah. And <laughs> speaking of transactions, a uh, Reds player came off the uh, injured list and was quickly optioned to Louisville. We're talking about Nick Senzel. What's your thoughts about that? I think you know, they say he's not ready yet, and he's probably not. You know, he's only been out down. And, you know, he, rehab was like a week now or something like that. Right. And then he gets activated, and then sent down i mean if you're him though i'm thinking what do i have to do to get back to the majors right i mean but i mean honestly he his between the injuries and the performance uh his career's not uh not been what uh, people expected when he was drafted no i mean he's made a glass he's kind of like tyler Eifert. he was made a glass from the beginning which sucks for him because he's, he's an outstanding player Right. He can play infield and play outfield. He can do both. Right, but with, with the injuries, uh, it's hurt his stats. I mean, this year is his best, probably his best year, and he's hitting 252, 323, 315. Uh, not the all-star uh, franchise player that I, I think a lot of people, including myself, hoped he, hoped he would be when the Reds drafted him. I mean, he's not turned into a Kyle Larson. I mean, he's not turned into that guy or whatever his name was, Brandon Larson, Kyle Larson, whatever no, his name no, was. No, no, it was Brandon Larson. No, he's not there, but at the same time, he's trending a little bit, not quite as bad, uh, into a Robert Stevenson type. How dare you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, I mean, he has a few more years to turn things around. Uh so it'll be interesting. Uh, he's eligible for arbitration, I think, uh, this offseason. I mean, there's a chance he could, could get traded this offseason. Who knows? Right, right. Uh, well, I can't find that for sure. So I, I think his, uh, let's see, his service time is, uh, no, he's, he's, he will still not be eligible for arbitration until 20, nope, 2022. I guess he'll be a super two. So uh, he's eligible for arbitration. You got to wonder if that didn't play in, into the factor of them uh, sending them sending him down. Uh, of course, his agent is Scott Boris. Well, he probably had options too. So oh, he did you have know, he, he did have options. And, and you know, here's the thing: if the Reds they weren't going to get rid of Shogo, the business office loves him. He's under contract and control pretty much the rest of his career as a Red. Uh, eventually the Reds are going to have to say goodbye to some top players, uh, uh, barring some type of crazy revenue sharing uh, protocols in the new collective bargaining agreement, which probably won't happen because the players, they don't want a salary cap. And the only way that the owners are going to agree uh, to more revenue sharing is 
especially like the Dodgers, because from what I read, they don't have to share as much of their TV revenue as other teams do. But yeah, it, they, but anyway, they, they, well, you know the Dodgers are the Dodgers, you know, right? Right. Money. Well, regardless, uh, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. So Shogo is going to be around. Uh, Suarez, you're not going to cut him. Uh, as bad as he is, he's got way too much money owed to him. Uh, Aquino, they they like him, and and you know if, if the Reds did uh, let go of either an Aquino or a. Uh, uh, Shogo and, and they let's say the Brewers picked them up, and or the Padres picked them up. Even uh, of course, uh, Tatis Junior is back with them now, and, and you know he goes on and hits the uh, the winning run that knocks the Reds out of the playoffs. How mad would everybody be that's screaming that, that uh, Nick Senzel uh, wasn't called up uh, yesterday? No one has a fellow Reds fan. We would lose our crap. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm 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 not going to judge uh, Nick Crawl on it. Uh, hopefully, uh, unlike some previous managers uh, in the Reds organizations, uh, without going into names, uh, hopefully both uh, Nick Crawl and uh, uh, David Bell gave Nick a call, kind of explain what's going on and and ease it over that way because you know it, it's got to suck being the one the pay. <laughs> And two, uh, you know, everybody wants to be a major leaguer. I do. I want to be a major leaguer. Absolutely. But, you know, he has a negative 0.4 war. Uh, some time in the minors won't be bad. No, it might help him out. I mean, he's coming back from knee, a little minor knee surgery, so it's going to take a little bit for, for Senzel to get back to where he was. Yeah, but but speaking of other transactions, uh Today, Reds uh, made another move, bringing up uh, Tony Santillan. Hopefully, I didn't butcher his name. And in order to make room for Tony, especially after last night's uh, performance, zero pressure, (laughs) uh, we say goodbye and fond memories. Pour one out for Heath Hembry, DFA'd. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Put him with Robert Stevenson. <laughs> Get him out of here. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, there was, there was hope. People put their hope on Robert Stevenson back in, you know, 2016, thinking, oh, he's going to come in, replace Cueto. I, I don't think anybody get put any hope at all in Heath Embry. Zero. Zero <laughs> faith. Zero faith in that guy. There's a reason he's been bouncing around you know, all, the, all these teams over the right. years. Of course, uh, you, you know, there's one more pitcher that's going to be called up soon. Uh, they may wait until they can expand the rosters to 28. Uh, but uh, when Antone comes back, who goes? Amir or uh, somebody else? I think Santiago will be going back. Could be, yeah. I mean, they, they don't want to get rid of Amir. And I, but, uh, you know, Amir now, he's gone from. Going into the season all cocky, saying the closer job is mine, to now, you know, he, he's there when the Reds are behind by 10 runs. Well, I'm, I'm like every other. I mean, Amir Garrett, 
Man, he came in, like you said, with a cocky attitude and everything. And I could be the closer. Right. He, he, he couldn't get out. He couldn't get my son out. He's five. He tried, to be, he, he tried to be Ric Flair. But if you're going to be Ric Flair and, and talk some trash, talk about being son of a guns, you, you got to get people out. And uh, he couldn't do that. No, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a chance maybe he could be traded in the offseason. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure at all. Uh, other big news, uh, of course. The red, something really cool. Something we always beat up on Rob Manfred since we've done this show uh, this last year. Let's give kudos though. The Field of Dreams game was done perfectly. This year's game was amazing. I, I, having Kevin Costner come out, the, you know, through the field, through the cornfield was right. pretty awesome. Well, I, and the cool thing is, I, I went on a uh, ten state. Five day, three thousand mile road trip back in uh, back in June, and uh, my last stop was Field of Dreams, and uh, it, it was really cool. I mean, I don't really remember a lot about the movie. I, I know I watched it at least once or twice, but uh, just being there, it was it was such a cool experience. Uh, it, it's it's really hard to explain. I mean, it had been forever since I've seen the movie, so it wasn't like I was. I've never been the one that's going to quote lines from movies except for what my kids watch because they see one movie that they want to watch it a thousand times in a row. <laughs> but, but uh, anyway, uh, when you get there, it's so peaceful because it is literally in the middle of nowhere. There's no like uh, big signs put up on the interstates and the roads leading the U S highway leading into uh, Dwyersville uh, you really, especially before GPS, you had to do your research to even find the place. Uh, the original owner sold it to a lady about 2013, 2014, I believe. And um, anyway, she had a little bit different vision. That was his home. So uh, he gave tours and that kind of thing, wanted to keep it as non-commercial as possible. Her idea was kind of to keep the same thing with, with you know, not have the big signs or anything keep the movie set as pristine as possible. And uh, her idea was instead of leasing out the land uh, to grow corn every year uh, to build travel baseball fields. And then she started working with major league baseball uh, before she got sick with cancer. Unfortunately, she passed away uh, shortly after she got married, I believe in 2016, if I remember correctly, Uh, but her family and the trust that runs the uh, property uh, they're doing everything they can to uh, make sure her dream is is lived out. And, and once it, once it's done, it's gonna be really cool. They're gonna still keep corn probably around the major league field as long as you know baseball is gonna have a a, uh, a game there, and uh, of course around the movie site. But uh, they're gonna build. I want to say a complex of about twelve to fifteen uh, baseball and softball fields for youth travel teams. And you know how how cool would that be where you know, parents can share the movie uh, and pass it on from uh, from them to their sons and then go out there and play baseball. It's really, really a cool idea and uh, something that uh, hopefully sees, uh, sees the light of day. There's a huge court battle with it because uh, all the farmers in the area didn't want it to be used as commercial, but uh, they lost because... She knew what she was doing. She filled out all the pro- proper paperwork, and uh, it went through the courts, and the the courts sided with uh, with her and the uh, and the lot. But anyway, the big news is 
next year, August 11th, Reds versus Cubs. And the rumor is the Reds will be the home team, which will be cool because if they handle tickets like they did last year, I'll have a chance to buy very expensive tickets as a red season ticket holder. You know, when I heard about this, I was excited. It's like, wow, I can actually go, but now I'm not. I'm not so excited anymore. Right, right. Well, well, the the uh, the tickets to go, if you got them, like, legitimately for Major League Baseball, were very expensive, like three or 400 bucks. But if you had to get them on StubHub or SeatGeek, uh, they went up to, like, $1,500. Even I am at the four, three or four hundred dollars because I got two kids and uh, I've learned a lesson. I I thought like when they're real little, when you're buying formula every week, uh, it's going to get cheaper and cheaper. Uh, Yeah. If if you're a new parent, enjoy the enjoy it while it's there, because as they get older, the costs just simply go up. Yeah. To clarify, though. If you want to go to this, you have to be a resident in Iowa, or you have to be a selected season ticket holder, right? And uh, or or know someone in Major League Baseball. <laughs> well, yeah, which I don't. So I guess my I was planning on a trip with my friends and family, but I guess that's not happening now. No, and the tickets, like I said, four hundred dollars for a ticket. Yeah, uh, I, I spent that much before, but uh, you know, every, everything post COVID concert and event wise is very pricey i guess they're trying to make up from last year i have wwe tickets uh when they're coming to columbus and cincinnati in uh september and uh i i like the floor i've i've spent big money to get floor seats before uh but uh when i looked at the event in columbus for their uh, pay-per-view event on peacock uh tv peacock network uh on your streaming devices uh, anyway $750, not from a second hand. That was the price directly from Ticketmaster. Peacock, cheap plug. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, if you can get tickets, good luck. Yeah, good luck. It's still going to be fun to watch, and I, I do highly recommend the trip out there to to uh, to the property, uh, the Field of Dreams. You can go out there and play catch. I, I was by myself, so I had no one to play catch with, didn't have a ball, uh, but still went out and uh, walked the bases, st- stood on the pitcher's mound, uh, did not walk out into the corn. I thought about that, but they were, uh, I got there at the crack of dawn, uh, so <laughs> they, they were watering the corn, so I did not want to, uh, I, I didn't feel like getting wet. <laughs> But uh, you can, you can it's, it's corn, man. Come on. But you can now uh, do a tour of the house, which was really cool. You couldn't go upstairs. I guess they don't have that uh, that off. But uh, you can get your picture on the porch swing, uh, and uh, they, they have everything about where the uh, movie set was. Some of the uh, stuff is originally from the movie. Of course, the gentleman that owned the property. Uh, he uh, didn't want everything. He wanted his own stuff back, but uh, there was a stove. Uh, they moved in for the movie. They, they're not even sure how they actually got it into the house. Uh, that stove is still there because it's an old school uh, stove from the era that they were setting the uh, movie in. I bet my stove's older. <laughs> I don't know. This one's pretty <laughs> old. But, uh, but, yeah, so Field of Dreams next year. Good luck getting tickets. Uh, we will not be giving any away. Dang it. <laughs> and the final bit of news, uh, Joey Votto still bangs. 
Joey Votto's having one of those seasons in a lifetime that we'd all love to have. Right. Uh, last night uh, got hit number 2,000 as well as hit number 2,001 in the same inning. Yeah, that big seventh inning was I, I don't know if that's ever happened again. I, I didn't see anything online saying either way. I mean, hit, hit, the season he's having is 300th home run, his 2000th hit. Right, so. Dude is on, he's just on another planet right now, and it's amazing. And it's, it's awesome to watch as a Reds fan. Oh, absolutely. And he's only one of 10 players in Major League Baseball history with at least 2,000 hits, 300 home run, 400 doubles, and 1,200 walks in their first 15 Major League Baseball seasons. Seven of those are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, one is Barry Bonds, who should be a Hall of Famer. And the other is Todd Helton, who I think uh, I think he will be a Hall of Famer at some point. So Joey Votto, I mean, I, I was saying it back in 2016, seeing who was in the Hall of Fame. I'm like, yeah, Votto's a Hall of Famer. He had that awesome 2017. I'm like, yep, it's solidified. And I, I never waned when other people did with a little bit of a down year in 2018. 2019 was rough. 2020, I throw all that out no matter who you are because the COVID season really messed things up because you started spring training, you stopped, you got uh, players out of their groove. So, But this year, especially since they stopped or started checking pitchers for the sticky tack, uh, we go through this every week. Votto. 326, 419, 691 since June 21st. That's unreal. 18 home runs during that time, 58 hits, uh, nine doubles, and one triple. Uh, 46 RBI. If that was over 162 games exactly at that pace, that would be 196 hits, 30 doubles. I'm not going to do the triples because Votto's, that's probably going to be the only triple he gets the rest of his career. Uh, <laughs> Maybe watching one. Him, watching, watching him run is incredibly painful. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> he he's he he has uh, slightly above my speed. Uh, uh, you know, you could probably run past me now since I gained like fifty pounds. Well, since that, that's true too. <laughs> uh, the home runs, though, if, if it was over one hundred and sixty-two games, sixty-one home runs, uh, one hundred and fifty-five RBI, uh, and ninety-four walks. So it, it's crazy. He is get he is back to the old Joey Votto, striking out a little bit more. He's not as hitting as many line drives and ground balls. He's popping out more, but uh, I mean overall, you can't complain about uh, in forty eight games hitting three twenty six, four nineteen, six ninety one. I'll take that from any player. You remember we did a uh, show last year on Joey Votto if he was going to be a Hall of Famer or not. I was and yes. We were, both, we were both on the fence, and I nah, said maybe I, not. I was not on the fence, but you you definitely were on the fence. I think you drug. I think I may have drug you over the fence for a minute, but then you climbed back over. <laughs> Especially well, early in the season, I was kind of leaning. I was kind of leaning looking at the 2020 season too, which nobody should ever do because it was it sucked to begin with. Right. But, 20. Uh, but if you if you go by this season alone, as I'm hitting the mic. As you go by this season alone, he's had a resurgence and has really put me over that fence now, and I think he will be a Hall of Famer someday. Yeah, absolutely. If he if he ever – I mean, this resurgence is like 
Okay. Does he have like six, seven more years left in him? Is he ever going to retire? He could be like Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is a phenomenal hitter at 41, 42 years old. He's still hitting home runs. He's still batting 280. Right. I mean, it, who it's, knows? It's, it's crazy, but uh, I, I will take it. So that, that kind of wraps up. Before we go, though, we're going to do a feature we haven't done in over a year. Now it's time for Tales from the Twitter Sphere on the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. Now, last year, a lot of these featured Trevor Bauer, who we'll never speak about again. He's a scumbag. But uh, this time, it's a fun stat I found on Twitter uh, from Baseball Reference. On this day in 1900, Reds pitcher Bill Phillips punched Phillies batter Ray Thomas after Thomas fouled off a dozen pitches in the eighth inning. So the pitcher charged the plate. After he he kept fouling off baseballs. Now back then, a foul didn't count for anything. It was not a strike. It was not a ball. Uh, so uh, what Thomas did because he led the the league in walks for like eight seasons in a row, a little bit like Votto, but Votto did it uh, under different rules. So he would just keep fouling off any strike. He wouldn't try to put it in play, and he would just walk. I wish I could do that when I was playing ball. Good <laughs> pitches off. Right. Well, you know, now you get you get the two strike penalty uh, or the strike penalty. So you know you don't want to do that because you're eventually going to swing and miss. Uh, but you know he he would he would just foul it off the pitcher. I guess he had enough and charged the plate. And the next year, uh, baseball added the rule that if you foul a ball off, it's a strike. You know, I, I like to do that in the show. I mean, MLB the show, if guys ever don't play it, please do. You, you can hit a guy in the face, and they start yeah, enough times they'll come after you. Right, right. It's well, amazing. But this was the opposite. The pitcher charged the batter. I, I wish there was an option to do that on that game, man. I would charge <laughs> the pitcher. Hey, man, quit telling balls off. But, yeah. I'm going to And the great thing is, back then, they didn't have helmets, so it, it, it was a true uh, fist of cuffs. Well, I mean, you had guys like, what, Ty Cobb jumping up in the stands and beating up people in the stands. So, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> so, uh, Amir Garrett, I guess Amir kind of did that last year or two years ago. Oh, man. That, I still remember that day. It was fantastic. Well, it was, the only thing wasn't fantastic when we got traded the same night. Right. But when but Amir Garrett challenged the entire Pirate team, that was amazing. Yeah, that, that kind of lands into it. but So there's something about Reds pitchers wanting to attack hitters. You had Rob Dibble throw at a guy for bunting. Oh, yeah. Dibs. Yep. We love you, Dibs. So anyway, that kind of wraps up this week. Next week, I'm on vacation. We may have a show. We may not. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, until next time, go Reds. Go Reds.